Welcome to WOWL. Uh, everybody, as always, uh, we have um, the one, the only Hawkeye. Hello, everybody. And we have DigiDax. What's up? And Boomstam. Hello, hello. And here I'm, I'm Burger. And so, uh, I, first, I want to say, you know, thanks, guys, for staying patient. You know, I know uh, it's been a few weeks since our last recordings. Um, actually, the person that um, hosts and drops our podcast out there, um, he's he's sitting on a couple of other ones, so you might have a few of these uh, dropping at the same time. So um, we apologize for the delay, but hopefully you guys are, are digging everything that we're talking about and and find some of the banter and feedback um, and, and a little bit of the analysis of everything that that we're reading in the comics useful. So. Um, with that, uh, we have a, a new segment that we want to kind of talk about this week. And so w- what we'll do is uh, I'm going to kick it off to Digidax first, and he's going to walk through a, a, a cool conversation that he and Boomstam had recently. So I'm talking to Boomstam about comics, surprisingly enough. And <laughs> I ask him, I'm like, hey, man, who's your you know top five favorite characters? And he's, you know about to line me up, everybody in the super family. I'm like, whoa, hold on, buddy. I want your top five characters or heroes, non-super family, all the way down to still Keenan super hyphen man, you know, all of them off the table. Give me your top five. Yeah, so he probably, more than likely knowing him, he started doing, hitting things like uh, Lois Lane, Steve Lombard, um, Perry White, all them oh, yeah. first. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right? oh yeah, his Jimmy Olsen. Oh, buddy, no, that doesn't count. I think he said steel. Ineligible here. Did you let him have steel, or did you not let him have steel? Oh no, no steel. No one in that super family. Any related characters? All likenesses to the Superman trademark. I kind of went all Sony and Spider Man there. I made a Marvel reference. Sorry. About and that. so what <laughs> happened? What happened after? Doomstam woke up from fainting. Yeah, he was like, oh, you're crippling me here. You know, it's like I took an arm and a leg away from him. But he, <laughs> you know, he finally is like, okay, I'll I'll give in to your demands, you terrorist. <laughs> all right, all right. So Boom, tell us what's up, Boom. Like, what'd you say? Well, at, well, first I tried to, you know, put them all together and, you know, put the whole Superman family as one number on the list, but that oh, wasn't yeah. allowed I- either. I forgot that weasel. He was like, well, how about I have the super family as number one? I'm like, no, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it had to be absolutely outside of the super family, which, uh, well, if you know me, that's uh, exactly like crippling me. Uh, so it took a long time to, you know, make the list. And I even uh, split the list in uh, heroes and villains. I'll just give you the heroes uh, for now. Well, my top five, uh, Wonder Woman. Uh, Hell Jordan, Green Lantern. Uh, I actually cheated a little bit because I said both Hawkman and Hawkgirl, Nightwing, and The Flash. And Flash is number one or Flash is number five? He's number five. And which Flash is that? It's Barry. Okay, yeah, you gotta be specific, buddy. You already cheated with the Hawkman and Hawkgirl answer. Sorry. I think it's a fair, fair thing to put both of them together. Um, all their best stories are told together, so. Exactly. I don't know her 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 romance with John like lately. 
was was a pretty good modern te- retelling of Romeo and Juliet, I think. It, it was. It definitely was. There's definitely a generation of kids out there who think that John Seward and Hot Girl. Uh, I, I think you mean Matt Marsha Manners or yeah, John Jones. Oh, oh, you're talking about that one. Okay, I thought you were talking yeah. about Injustice League, uh, the cartoon. Oh, yeah, oh, yes. Man, look yeah, at that. John Stewart Green Lantern, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I totally forgot about that one. Man, she's really getting around. A little bit, a little bit. Um, I, I apologize, Boom. Did you say Barry or Wally for The Flash? No, I said Barry. So, so y- you like Hal and Barry over the excellent characters that are Kyle and Wally? Come on. Yes. Come on. Sorry. Are I'm you really thinking. Dan Dan Vito? Are you are you him in disguise? No, no, I'm not. Well, you it's did put just... Nightwing on your list, so you're definitely not him in disguise. You would have tried to kill him <laughs> off, not put him on your top five list. I'm, I'm a weird guy. Sorry. I just, you know, there's something about hell that. Oh yeah, Dan hated some Wally, didn't he? Man. He hated Wally. He hated Nightwing. Really, just anybody that uh, wasn't from the like original Big Seven Justice League. He was not a fan of. Wonder Woman is your number one outside of Superman. That's a. I I, I was shocked by that. I guess. I mean, I I was she guessing. Has, she has some great stories. But you prefer the newbie of Wonder Woman, right? Not the. No, no, not Diana. Not Diana. Yes, sorry. Um. So, what is your favorite Wonder Woman story? That's a tough one. I, um, I know asking you to name a, a favorite of anything is a tough one, because you always want to go like five, six deep. Yeah, no, I, I, I think I think one of my favorites is uh, actually again I'm going to cheat. Uh, two books. Uh, they're called the one is called Truth, and the other one was called uh, they they came they came back to back. So uh, let me look it up. I figured you were going to try to throw in someone where she was like with superman or something no oh, no no no, no. I, if there's something i i really don't like is is the pairing of wonder woman and 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 superman i prefer lois i actually like that, that in too i oh. actually really like that in too you just the only thing boom right in the heart with that one yeah no the, the only thing that i liked about new 52 wonder woman was the 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 story with the you know her, her own book with uh, uh, with the with the gods with her brother, the uh, what's he called again? The um, the firstborn. That oh, one yeah. was pretty good. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that was a good story. That was good. So so we'll get back to that boom. If you find that, let's uh, definitely yeah. uh, suggest that. Um, I yeah. think he said it. Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four was his favorite. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, Pedro Pascal, sorry. come on! It's it's hard Weird. to pass up. The Mandalorian <laughs> Maxwell Lord. Uh, but uh, we got plenty to go over here, so um, let's move on to the next thing, which is a uh, very, very exciting stuff. Uh, we have a new Superman, guys. Uh, how do you guys Yay. feel about our Superman and Lois for uh, Superman Legacy? David Corsonwet, or I doubt that's probably how you pronounce that, and Rachel Brosnan. I think that that's about as close to pronouncing it as Jim Lee is to being a regular listener of of the podcast, did you? I would put money on that. That Jim Lee is listening. (laughs) He's one of the dozens and dozens. You know, David David Cornsweat, he's a a little bit of a, not a complete unknown, but he's definitely not had a huge starring role yet. Um, So this is definitely going to be the biggest role of his career thus far. 
Um, he does look an awful lot like uh, Henry Cavill. Uh, I, I can definitely see him being Superman for sure. Yeah. 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 I, you can look at him and see, yes, I can, I can see that, you know, him, him playing the role. So I mean, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what, how they, like what version of Superman and how this role kind of looks, but you can, you can see him at least physically, you can see that he can do that, that he can pull it off. <laughs> One of the things I really liked is he is six, four. Um, so he, he is going to tower over a lot of the other actors they bring in for other roles. Well, but Cavill wasn't that small, was he? Uh, uh, no, no. Cavill's still... Probably 6'3". Uh, yeah, you know. I, I, that, that's one thing that I like, that they're definitely continuing with the casting of Superman, you know. Uh, he, he's supposed to be, you know, kind of almost a mythical figure, larger than life, so having him be played by a taller actor is definitely a, uh, a huge Plus, deal. Yeah, yeah. So um, he's going to have to basically pull, like, an all-star Superman and Hunch over a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it's going to definitely be a uh, interesting uh, dynamic because that's one thing uh, I believe that I've seen is James Gunn definitely said that uh, uh, there's going to be a lot of Daily Planet stuff in this. Um, he's going to kind of go back to his roots and not just focus on Superman, but tell the Clark Kent part of the story, which I, I feel like was a bit overshadowed with uh, Snyder movies at times. Yeah. I, I, I can agree with that. And so I guess the biggest fan service um, person would be Nathan Fillion as Guy Gardner as well, a choice. Well, well, hold up a second. Hold up a second. We talked a lot about Superman here, but Lois is going to be a, a essential part of the movie as well. And uh, Ra- Rachel Brosnahan is a... Uh, I-, I personally have not seen The Marvelous Miss Maisel, but uh, I've never heard anybody say, man, that show's terrible. It's got gotten all kind of Emmy wins, uh, so oh yeah, so so well, I she's think she's great. I also heard that weren't both of them on the House of Cards, like yeah, Clark and the Lois. Yep, they were. I, I mean, I've seen House of Cards. It, it's been a while, so I don't really recall either of them on the show. So I don't know. I don't really know who they played or anything. So it doesn't really ring a bell. But yeah, they both played on House of Cards. Yeah, so that could be part of the multiverse then, right? <laughs> I, yeah. I doubt they bring Kevin Spacey in again. <laughs> oh, we still need a Lex. We still need a Lex. Had a few yeah. troubles. But I, I, I do like that uh, Lois casting a lot. I, I, yeah. I've seen, uh, I haven't seen all of the uh, Miss Maisel shows uh, or episodes, but seen quite a few of them, and, and she, she does a really good job, and I... Um, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. I, I, I think she can play it really well. You know, you can see, uh, you know, she has the ability to make people laugh has the ability to be serious. I, I think she's, I think she's going to do really well in that role. All right. All right. So going back to what did you said, you know, we do have a bit of a fan casting here. Um, a, a very popular actor in the comic book, uh, nerd culture. And that's Nathan Fillion playing Guy Gardner. Um, out of all of the casting choices, this is probably the one that's raised the most eyebrows. I feel like. Yep. If 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 any Green Lantern was a, if he was a, uh, expected to play any Green Lantern, it would have been Hal Jordan, and not it's definitely not Guy Gardner. He's probably about ten years older for Guy yeah, Gardner. I know. And mm-hmm. on top of that, 
they have to start the show. So, and they want a, probably a younger Hal and John Stewart. So that's why, why they went with Guy here. Probably, yeah. Well, one of the things... So he's going to be the wise one then. <laughs> that That's not any way that anybody's ever described Guy Gardner. <laughs> Guy Gardner, the wise one, not the crazy one like DCL yeah. has him labeled, huh? Um, yeah, I know whenever we were talking about it the other day, you know, and obviously there's there's no way it'll happen now, but who I who I forgot the guy's name, but the guy actually's in Star Wars Jedi, uh, like Fallen Order. Um, uh, Cameron Monaghan. Oh, he yeah. Played the, he played the Joker. Most of the yeah, show, the, played the yeah. Joker, or a version of the Joker, at least. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, th- I would have thought that would have been a pretty good uh, choice. But it'll be interesting to see, obviously, Nathan Fillion has a ton of comic book stuff to his credits, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so I, so it'll be interesting to see his his version of uh, Guy Gardner for sure. And he has voiced Hal Jordan in the animated movie. He has, yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. I mean, if we really, if we want to, you know, cast him by his age, I mean, he probably would be a pretty good Alan Scott at this point. Uh, I think he might have even aged out of Hal Jordan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do think that he has the personality traits of Guy I think he's played that role several times throughout his career. So I definitely think that he has the chops to play Guy Gardner. I just don't know how he fits as far as fitting in the role. You know, one thing I would point out about Green Lanterns is it's going to be a lot of CGI. It's not going to be a lot of stunt work. So I don't know that age is the be-all, end-all as far as Green Lantern casting goes. Moving on, uh, we have Dora the Explorer playing Hot Girl. Yeah, um, <laughs> Isabel uh, Marquette, I believe is how you say your last name. Probably not. Definitely butchered it, I'm sure. Um, well, all I hope is she has to have a backpack in some part of the movie and a map to Thanagar, maybe. Oh, gosh, did you? <laughs> you know you, you know how to make an awkward silence in any podcast, man. And it's a really a gift. We'll be edited out. <laughs> it's awkward. Awkward silence gone. He's gonna he's gonna supplement he's gonna uh, input our uh, right there like all of us laughing hysterically. <laughs> that's all you get is uh, laughing hysterically at the map joke. I'm the map, and then you'll hear laughter. Um, you know, I I think that that she definitely fits the role. Um, I haven't seen her in much of anything to be to be perfectly honest, but I think that she has the look for the part. Um, that's one thing I'm interested in the characters that they're choosing. To include in this movie, it's kind of a, a hodgepodge, and I, I, I'm really kind of wondering what James Gunn has up his sleeves with all of these castings and what their actual role is going to be in, in the movie. Yeah, I, I, I just wanted to, you know, um, it's supposed to be a Superman movie, but we do get a lot of um, side casting, if you will, a lot of, you know, non-main Justice League characters, like Guy, like... Hawker or like Mr. Terrific. I mean, they're not really in his, in Superman's core circle, if you will. Um, yeah, 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 sure. He, he works with them, but it's, it's not like, uh, he works with them on a day to day basis or anything. So I'm just kind of wondering where this movie is going. Is it going to be like a Superman movie or is it going to be more like a, uh, build up to a Justice League, just a society sort of movie? Yeah, well, I mean, you see in the comics now, right? Like with Hot Girl, you know, she's in Metropolis now, so yeah, you know, but, so there could be a little bit of bleed over with some of that uh, if that's the kind of the direction they're going with her. 
Yeah, mostly. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, and I'm just mostly curious about it. You know, see how it all all uh, works out. I mean, I could very well see what James Gunn doing with this being something where all four of these guys are fighting somebody in Metropolis, and then Superman uh, kind of swoops in when everything seems lost and just saves the day. And you know, it's just they're there in this particular movie to a establish themselves, but also to establish that Superman is the superhero of all superheroes. Yeah. So maybe I could see it very easily being almost cameo ish, maybe extended cameos for like a mm-hmm. fight scene, something like that. Um, this next gentleman, I, I'm definitely going to butcher his name. Uh, e. Gathagi uh, is playing Mr. Terrific. Um, the only thing I have seen him in personally was X Men First Class, where he got done probably. Our way. Yeah, he got done about as dirty as you can get done in a comic book movie he played a guy who's one superpower is to be able to adapt and evolve in any way to survive and they killed him off in the first very first appearance that he was in um because he couldn't adapt uh he was also in twilight yeah i've seen it i admit it he he was there another there's another moment (laughs) he was the other vampire input hysterical laughter here and insert laugh here (laughs) we're gonna have to have like a digi awkward pause calendar um counter for the for the episode we're already up to two and we're only like 20 minutes in so we're we're setting a new personal best here and we still have a a segment going out to digi here in a little bit that i'm sure is gonna have plenty of awkward pauses in it all right um but yeah i I mean mr terrific he's been having more and more of a supporting role in the dc universe as a whole in the comics and you know that's another thing i could see maybe Superman gets some kryptonite poisoning and he goes terrific tech to to get get looked up and checked up on by uh, Mr. Terrific, perhaps. Um, so, you know, there's definitely areas where they could bring these characters in and not oh, have and, them overshadow. And Metamorpho is in the Terrifics, too. I just thought about that. Maybe yeah. they kind of set their little force them up. Yeah, it could be, it Maybe. Could be setting groundwork for a Terrifics movie somewhere in the, the beginning here. TV show. Um, the, the, but speaking of Metamorpho, this was probably my most uh, excited I was for any of the casting. Uh, Anthony Kerrigan is going to be playing Metamorpho. Uh, he is a fantastic actor. Uh, he's able to switch up from being unbelievably frightening to unbelievably comedic, just kind of at the snap of a finger. Um, a lot of folks will know him from Gotham. Uh, he played. Did he play Zaz in Gotham? Yeah, Victor Zaz. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but you know, Victor Saz is probably one of the most uh, terrifying characters in the DC universe, especially when you consider the fact that he's just a street level guy. But he he is absolutely mortifying to to look into and de- delve into in the comics. Um, but I know him personally from uh, the television show Barry, where he plays a character named Noho Hank, who is a uh, a, a gay gay mobster in the in, in the show and. Uh, he uh, falls in love with the Colombian drug lord that he's supposed to be a rival with in the show. And it's just a, uh, a, a wonderful character. Just always has you laughing every time he comes on the scene. You're just like, yes. So I, I am absolutely loving the fact that Anthony Kerrigan's going to be in this new DC universe. And uh, I really hope that they have a plan for him and the rest of these characters that are being cast for Superman Legacy. Did any of you guys have any final thoughts on any of the casting Uh that we've seen so far for Superman legacy or just any thoughts in general for what's going on with that movie. Like I said earlier, just 
really anxious to see it, curious what they will do. Um, still hoping for Alex, to be honest. I think if anything, uh, Lex is almost surely going to be cast. There's been uh, heavy hints that uh, Nicholas Holt may be uh, being eyed for the Lex Luthor role. Uh, there hadn't been any official casting. He was considered... He's, he's the guy that played Beast, right? In the uh, yeah. younger version of... Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, so he, he's a terrific actor. Um, he is, yeah. Has been in a lot of stuff. Uh, so I, I think he would take Lex Luthor and knock it out of the park. Uh, personally, he was always my choice to play the Joker. I thought that he would uh, play a perfect Joker. Um, but overall, you know, it's, there's a lot to be excited for. I know that uh, the Flash bombed at the box office in historic faction. Um, and then Blue Beetle's not tracking much better. Uh, but with its smaller budget, I think it should do fine still. Uh, but like I said many times before on the show, just until Superman Legacy comes out, everything's just noise uh let's see what superman legacy does and start judging the new dc universe from there yeah i mean like what they really need is they need like somebody to come in and like be like a massive like tentpole i mean you think about you know like robert downey jr and iron man and like how like he just personified that role and I mean, like really kind of kicked off all of this stuff, right? And like made it to where, you know, people who probably never really read comic books at all before were like clamoring and keeping up with, you know, what was happening next. And so, you know, I I don't know if one thing that I will say is before we close this part out is I don't know if there's really anybody that like I look at yet with these and say we have like that tent pole, but obviously, you know, it's still early and, and, you know, it'll be interesting to kind of see what happens. I mean, I don't know if everybody beforehand, before Iron Man would have thought that either, right? So yeah. hopefully somebody can do this and really come in and and, and run with it because it's hard if you're kind of kicking off most of this with Blue Beetle, right? Like yeah. you, you kind of want like who your temple is going to be to come in and do that. But not, not, all our money on Blue Beetle, boy. Now you're making Digi cry. Well, I think it's more so they're putting their money on Superman, guys. And uh, uh, as Burger and... Um, uh, Boom Sam will always tell you Superman always comes through for you. Um, sure, you sure. Yeah. All right. So the next thing I wanted to jump into here is another fun little bit. Um, and this is going to be uh, a, a Digidax original. Uh, we're oh, going to okay. do the Digidax top five Marvel heroes he hates the least. Oh, the ones. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's like kind of like picking your. Uh, favorite STD or something. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to have to say, number one, it's got to be Galactus, right? Because his main sole purpose is to destroy the Marvel Universe, right? (laughs) Or like eat it and crap it out. So I go Galactus, number one. Uh, (laughs) Let's see. Doctor Doom number two because I mean he hates a lot of Marvel heroes right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go Daredevil because Ben Affleck was a mo- was in the movie for Daredevil so and he I'm listens sure. to the podcast so it makes sense you want to and, and he listens I got to you know <laughs> pander to our audience we have Ben Affleck Matt Damon I mean it's great okay. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say. Nightcrawler, 
and Iceman around. You got to go with two X-Men for Jim Lee's sake. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, for Jim Lee. Yeah, I'm like, hey, buddy, remember when you used to draw these? Aren't you glad you're not there anymore? Or- so we have Galactus because he wants to destroy the Marvel Universe. <laughs> Doctor Doom because he hates a bunch of superheroes. Uh, Daredevil because Ben Affleck played him. And then Nightcrawler and Iceman because shout out Jim Lee. That That, that is a... Very well thought of, I got to say. I do I mean, think that you missed. Were pure. My intentions were pure with that. I do think that you probably missed Thanos on this list. Uh, just you know. Oh man, he snapped out half of them. Yeah, man, yeah. I missed that one. That one. <laughs> that, that one seemed ripe for the taking. Uh, oh, oh man, that's just like a softball pitch that I just whiffed at, right? Yeah, there. like I mean, especially so, after you hey, had the. Good news is you're the one that edits this, so. All right. So that, that, that was, that was one of our fun little top fives we're going to do today. Top five. Um, so, so the next thing we had, and this will probably be the final time before we talk about this, before the, uh, movie officially drops, but, uh, there's a new blue beetle trailer guys. And, uh, fake applause. Yay. Fake applause. Come on, man. No, I'm I'm excited for it, but I'm adding the. I was like, you went and saw Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny on opening night, and you're giving me fake applause for Little Beetle. Yeah, and the most positive thing I could say was I like the cup hat that I got. Have you been wearing it around the house? Oh yeah, I should. I'll I'll have to take a picture of that me with the (laughs) the tiny Indiana Jones hat from the cup I got from the movie. So Blue Beetle, I you know, I can't help but feel like the movie still looks like a lot of fun. Um, I think that it's kind of a back to basic superhero movie that we haven't had in quite some time. Uh, it doesn't look like it's really trying to set up a universe. It doesn't look like it's trying to set up 50,000 characters. It, it's trying to set up Blue Beetle and his supporting cast. Um, it looks comic accurate. It's comic accurate. It's got some cool effects in it. Uh, just the uh, the uh, scarab itself. Uh, there's several awesome looking scenes in the movie. Uh, he, he uses a giant sword. Um, oh, we get to see Ted Cord's bug. You know the bug. Did you highlight of the movie? Yeah, that's my highlight. You, you know, and I, I mean the the thing about Blue Beetle for me is it, it seems like it should be just such a slam dunk on paper. You know. You have the suit, which is a very Arnman esque suit. You have the teenage superhero, very Spider Man esque, and you're just mashing them together in one character. It, it just seems like it should be a, a home run every time. Yeah, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, trailer, I guess, looks interesting in some ways, but yeah, we'll we'll see. It definitely planning on trying to check that out. Um, and really, whenever get to the theaters, and not just buy the tickets for it this time, right? <laughs> yep, exactly right. Yep. And hey, I did my part at least. So DC, like at least I I bought it. Um, <laughs> so there you go. Um, so Hawkeye, I have a question for you. So we're talking about movies, you know, the, you know, current things that are kind of going on the DCU, um, and we did not have this in the notes, so I'm totally catching you off guard right now. Fantastic. Um, uh, digi insert, uh, big laughter here. Um, and then, uh, but so top characters, top, and let's, let's go with top DC characters, um, that 
have not been in a DCU film yet and are not cast in a DC film that's upcoming yet. So top five uh, comic characters you would like to see. All right. So you're taking so many off the table between the casting and already been in movies. Um, (laughs) Well, I will say, and this is kind of a group pick. It's not one particular character. Um, but the new gods specifically of new Genesis, we haven't seen Oren. We haven't seen Barda. We haven't seen, uh, Mr. Miracle. Uh, those are characters I would love to see on the big screen. Uh, we have seen the female furies in Smallville though. Nobody counts Smallville, but I'm saying. I'm just saying that Ava, Dunbury, uh, that was she was supposed to direct that, and they end up canceling that. Um, yeah, that's movie, I believe. I mean, DC Comics and canceling movies that they announced. Uh, name a better combo, you know. <laughs> Let's see, Hawkman's already been in a movie. Terrific's cast. Um, I feel like this is a one I would love to see adapted into live action. Um, is the Court of Owls. It's not a hero, but uh, a, a concept from the comics, a, a, a villain team organization. I just feel like it would be the perfect uh, Batman movie. I think that you can just see the trailers where the Court of Owls uh, nursery rhymes right over the trailers as Batman's wandering through the maze that they had in the uh, original Court of Owls run. I, I just think that that would be a great psychological, uh, tense Batman film that they could do. See? Oh, yeah, that would definitely, you know, it would give uh, the backstory to Dick Grayson, you know, his grandfather being in it. So that would be a, another way to introduce Dick Grayson into the, you know, I guess, the new Batman. The Court of Owls is actually in the uh, TV show Gotham Knights, which... Again, nobody counts know. Gotham Knights, boom. <laughs> <laughs> you keep just naming these things that everybody just I, likes to pretend they didn't exist. Now, th- wait a second. This happened in that Birds of Prey TV show that lasts one season. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, I'm just say I I I know the, the the TV show isn't that great, but they did handle the Court of Owls very well. It was better than Birds of Prey, I'll tell you that. Oh, that's true. Are you talking about the movie or the TV show? Uh both. <laughs> um, I'm going to cheat again, and I'm mostly going to the villain wells here. But I I think that a good Clayface movie would be a lot of fun to see done by a uh, or a DC movie. Um, Good one. I, I just think that he has a very cinematic power, um, being able to disguise himself, turn into a giant monster. Just a lot of a uh, lo- lot of options to do a really, really uh, good Batman movie that kind of leans into more of the uh, fantastic elements of Batman and not just the grounded elements. So Matt Damon as Matt Hagen is what you're saying? Hey, I, I think that if the uh, shoe fits, uh, wear it. You know. And then the last one is a Green Lantern Kyle Rayner in live action. Um, I know that's a little cheating because we've had Green Lanterns before, but uh, Ryan Reynolds killed Hal Jordan on a screen in front of all of us. So I think that the next best thing would be a Kyle Rayner movie. You mean the parallax poop cloud wasn't a great villain in that movie? Hey, you had Galactus number one on your list. I don't want to hear about poop. Oh, yeah, that's right. That Galactus (laughs) poop uh, monster that was in that (laughs) 
Fantastic Four. So yeah, that would be my top five. We had the uh, New Gods. We had the Court of Owls. We had Clayface. Just named Kyle Rayner. And help me out here, guys. What was my third one there? Uh, You had Clayface, Court of Owls, uh, Rayner... You didn't say Adam Strange. I'm I was I was I was waiting dad. for that too. I just I was absolutely waiting for Adam Strange. I just don't know that he carries a whole movie by himself. I would love to see him absolutely. Um I do think like me personally, I would be the first one in line for an Adam Strange movie. Uh but you know, we can't even get crowds to be excited about the flash. I'm not gonna be the guy that pitches an Adam Strange movie right now. You just gotta you gotta know the climate, guys. Well, so, and, and I did this, that way whenever James Gunn obviously listens to our episode, he's probably oh, going to find you out um, to give you a job of helping him plan the new DCU. So, you're welcome. Just get, I'm just waiting on the call. I'm just waiting on James Gunn's call. Um, all right, guys. We've had, we've had some fun with some questions here. Uh, we, we've talked about the movies. Um, but there is one reason why we do this show, and that is to talk about comic books. We've missed three weeks, guys. Um, and for the uh, long and short of it, we we just cannot go over every single book that we missed. Uh, as fun as it would be to record a 10-hour episode with you guys, uh, we all have lives. Uh, we have families that would like to see us and you know, just shouting at them, no, get out. We're recording our comic book podcast. We're on hour seven of ten. Uh, just wouldn't fly with the family. So um, I boiled it down to this month. There are four, three books in one event that we have to talk about. The first one on our list um, is a new one from the uh, Donna DC books, and that is Hot Girl number one. Um, me personally. I'm a big Hawkman fan, big Hawk Girl fan. Just love the Thanagar mythology. Uh, this one kind of missed. Um, there was a lot of weird stuff in this book that I, I didn't particularly care for. I thought could have been done better. Um, there was a really weird scene where Hawk Girl is sitting in her own apartment wearing her Hawk Girl mask, and I'm just going to myself, why is she wearing that in her own apartment? Who is she trying to hide her identity from? This makes no sense. The shadow thief could have been there. Well, she was kind of talking to herself, and she acknowledged that she was talking to herself, right? And she's like, remember when I was hot girl and I would wear the mask, then I did it, then I wore it again. Um, and then she's like, why am I talking to myself right now? So I think she kind of, I think it was like one of those things with her trying to, uh, I, you know, I think it happens a lot of times when you get out of a breakup, right? Like moves to it. We don't always all move to a new city, but, you know, a lot of times people do. They want to you know, have different, you know, surround themselves with different scenery. You kind of go through that whole identity thing, like, you know, uh, who am I? What have I done in the past? So, so, I, so I kind of see why that happens, you know, because she and John Johns, you know, and, you know, an alternate path of reality, right, had a, had a baby. Um, and then you know, ended up, you know, having their own little turmoil broke up. So she's out there trying to figure out like, Hey, who am I? Right. And not, not just being associated with the guys around me, like that's kind of making my identity and who I am, but you know, who am I, what do I want to do? And 
And so I actually kind of liked it because it kind of told a little different story of, of what we've kind of seen from, from her in the past. Um, I, I, I liked the, the other new hero, what was her name? Galaxy girl. Yeah. I was, I was yeah. wondering, uh, if you guys knew her or not. I did not, but it explained her again in there as well, right? Like it explained, you know, Batman saying that she actually, he believes she did save the uh, world or the galaxy or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but it was just such a terrible thing that happened that we all repressed it from our minds. Yeah. Um, So it will be interesting to see kind of what pops up from that. But personally, like I I kind of, I kind of liked it. I thought it was interesting. Um, I, and I don't know if I totally agreed with it, but I thought it was interesting that you know, she took the shots on the back and um, surprisingly trying to protect a Kryptonian <laughs> from getting shot in the back with fire. Um, and then it made her wings not work. And then, you know, they had the revelation that these rings are just manifesting themselves as nth metal, but they're actually energy. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see kind of what they do with all this and how Galaxy Girl plays into it. Um, I liked the new, um, at least she was new to me, bad, uh, baddie that's going to be in there and, yep. and, and how they kind of tied all that story together and these, you know, three individuals. Um, and so I, I so I kind of like the direction that it's going. Um, and so, but yeah, that's, that's kind of my take on it so far, but boom, what about you? Well, I like the, uh, the way it started with the, 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 what you said, the villain, the new villain or, uh, the, the, the lady villain. <laughs> Um, where she like, uh, corrupted this little girl by, uh, giving her a pony and then years later, uh, using her to, you know, extract energy or something f- from her to, to, uh, you know, to the way she manipulated that woman. And, uh, I thought it was kind of cool. And I, I, I like the, uh, the analogy with the story about the fox, you know, she was talking about herself in the way of, of, uh, of the story of uh, of the fox, I I, I kind of like that, and um, I didn't really get the connection between this galaxy girl. I mean, I knew of her. I mean, she was in a uh, teen graphic novel they uh, they they released a couple a while back. I never read it, but uh, I I know of her. Uh, but it's it's fun to learn about her now in this in this new book. Um, so yeah, I, I'm mostly just wondering where this is going to go. Uh, if we're ever going to see uh, like a uh, uh, cameo from Hawk Man uh, and the new Hawk Woman, uh, if they're going to show up in this book. So you know, I'm going to keep reading it. Uh, one thing I did absolutely love was uh, Hawk Girl asking for information on Galaxy and Batman saying, "No, oh, I don't have much on her," and then just uh, telling her everything <laughs> down to like her blood type, basically. Um, that, yeah, that was funny. Yeah, that was that was funny. Yeah, just uh, hot girls like that's not a lot. And the reason why Galaxy is popping up in this is because the writer was the original creator of Galaxy. Ah, she wrote oh. the uh, teenage graphic novel. So um, this is kind of a story using Hot Girl to also kind of cross promote her character she created. Uh, which is another thing I didn't particularly like. You know, uh, it's sold as a hot girl book, but it almost feels like a hot girl galaxy book. Felt like they were on a, you know, galaxy was on just, you know, probably six pages out of the 20, 24 
pages, you know, so she was in a quarter or a third of the book or a quarter of the book. Sorry, my math's not not very good today. So, you know, I, I they're trying to they're trying to give her a friend unlike Cyborg. That's what they're trying to do. Make sure she <laughs> end up like Cyborg and have zero friends. Um, but, you know, overall, you know, I, I'm excited to see a hawk girl in, in another book. I I'm happy to see any time the Hawks get 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 their own ongoing. So. I'll definitely be reading, you know, it's a one of six. So it's going to, that's one thing DC has been moving towards is, you know, trying to do more mini series. And then if it sells well, they, they, they expand on it. Um, our, our next book on our list here um, was world's finest teen Titans. Um, Digi, do you want to kind of go over that book for us? I know you were talking about how it reminded you of uh, a, a certain uh, DC cartoon in the, in the past. Oh yeah. It, it seemed like it was kind of setting up like uh, Young Justice, except for, you know, they're not about to make it into the league. They introduce all the characters with little funny things by their name. You know, under Kid Flash, it said, why not Speedy? So it gives you, you know, their roster that they have. They have Kid Flash, Donna and Garth in a relationship. And they show... Uh, Roy and Wally are kind of winning attention. So they are, they're live streaming stuff and Robin's starting to be a stickler. And um, there comes a little tension between, I guess, him and Roy, where Roy's wondering if it's, that's not Batman talking for Dick Grayson, you know, all the choices he's making kind of being a stickler to the team. Um, but all in all, yeah, it felt like a, you know, what you would have for an opening of a animated series. You know, you introduce all the characters, you have them interacting with their mentors. Uh, I thought it was a very good start to an issue, you know, of a series. You know, I, I was kind of, who do you guys think, you know, at the very end, you know, the person saying, I'm, I'm building a new, better Teen Titans. Who do you think that was? We saw them have lightning powers, right? Um, or at least the person that he did not choose got hit by some sort of what looked like a lightning blast. But what were your guys? Who are your guys' thoughts on who the who the bad guy is? Uh, I have no idea. I I I, I like the auditioning part of it, and then you know f- using the lightning to to fry them. Uh, thought that was kind of uh, oh horrifying, but still cool. So right now we just think it's Simon Cowell, I guess. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Could be. And his new face. You know, he had too much Botox or something last time I saw. Uh, but uh, yeah, I liked, I, I liked the episode. I liked the, uh, not episode, I always say that. I, I, I liked the, the comic. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, and I think it's interesting, you know, we get to see, you know, potentially a, a new new bad guy, a new team they're building to, to go against them um, and kind of see, you know, how all this unfolds. They're fighting uh, what's the separated man, yeah. Dylan, and Speedy, uh, Roy gets one shot and, you know, he's flexing for the camera and Robin's getting irritated. He goes, I'm never miss. And he actually says, be thankful it wasn't a suppository, you know, to the <laughs> injection that he aimed and got to his mouth we're all thankful for that (laughs) (laughs) definitely would have uh, got a a different rating on the front of the cover um the next book on our list uh was a little divisive 
um, one of the members of our our our, uh, our council here really enjoyed it, and then uh, other people not so hot on it. Um, so Can I tell my version of the story of what happened first? Go right. I just gotta get this out. Go, so, go. so it's uh, what was it? Was it Thursday? I believe Thursday. I'm sitting at work, you know, just trying to go out there and make a difference. And I get a message. We all do that. The last days of Lex Luthor is what probably one of the best comics ever. It's amazing, and we have to literally drop everything we're doing. So uh, naturally, I quit my job, um, came home, um, told my wife, "Not now, boss. I'm in the zone." Slammed the door, uh, locked it, and then sat inside of a, a dark room with nothing. Even though I had to go to the bathroom, drink, nothing to do that. I'm just going to sit here and read this book because boom told me how amazing it was. And so maybe part of my thoughts on why I wasn't that excited about it is based off boom's (laughs) setup of it. Uh, But, but I think also part of like why one, I think the whole premise of, of how Lex got sick and all this stuff, I'm like, "Eh, I, I guess I can kind of see it. Um, how he had to get Superman's attention to help. It was eh, like, I, I guess I can kind of see that. But like whenever you see like in the, because this is Black Label, right? But when you see in the main storyline, you know, Lex actually getting attacked by like one of the new big bads from Superman, you know, right? And, you know, actually getting left to die and you see that, like to me, that way that he was, you know, kind of on his deathbed was much more, was way more powerful than what we saw in this comic. And and so, it, you know, if, if uh, everybody at work is listening now, I apologize for quitting the other day. I'll be back on Monday. Um, now you guys know why I did it. But, um, but with that, uh, let's hear the opposite side. <laughs> Um, boom! Like, what are what are your thoughts? I I absolutely loved it. it. I mean, I get what you're saying about the mainstream comic book and that being a little bit more impactful. But you know, I just saw it as a standalone story, not connected to the mainstream uh, uh, thing that's going on with action comics and and, and Superman right now. Uh, and I just really really like the uh, connection that they had from from their from their youth. You know. Uh, uh, it, it's hinting on uh, Lex and uh, Clark and, and, you know, Lex being in some sort of accident and it being uh, Clark's fault somehow. Uh, I thought that was really cool. Uh, the, the, you, you mentioned that, you know, the way he he uh, uh, tried to get uh, Superman's attention because, because of his illness. Uh, so basically, you know, uh, for people that don't know, uh, the, the story is about Lex being uh, sick with uh, kryptonite poisoning and not just kryptonite poisoning, but some other mixtures that he had because he was experimenting on kryptonite and then there was an explosion and that's what got him sick. Can I just say so, one thing real uh, quick about that? Yeah. DC really needs to tighten up here because that's how Barry Allen got his superpowers and suddenly <laughs> it's going to kill Lex Luthor. Yeah, um, they may make up their well, minds. With, with, with Barry, there was no uh, there was no kryptonite involved, so there's that. But uh, yeah, it's it's, it's it, like you said, it's, it was uh, and and there was no lightning, 
Uh, but uh, yeah, other than that, it was chemicals and kryptonite, and you know that's what's uh, killing Lex, and uh, he knows it. And uh, so, what does he do? He uh, he uh, steals uh, or builds a uh, giant crab-like monster, uh, which he uses to uh, attack a a uh, island that's on a fault line or something, and uh, he. Uh, Smashes the island so hard that it's going to it's going to go sink uh, into the uh, into the ocean, uh, which triggers Superman obviously to to uh, to go for the for the rescue in the uh, tunnels under the island, uh, creating like uh, sound uh, uh, echo chambers. That's what that's what the word I was looking for to uh, cancel out the uh, the uh, the shock wave that uh, Lex created, and then he busts open the robot and he uh, uh, he finds Lex Luthor uh, in the in the robot and he's not really surprised by it and you know then the whole story uh, gets unfold by uh, by Lex that he's sick and that he had to uh, get the attention of, of of Superman and you know it just made me think that it was such a classic way of Lex to you know it, be it, him being like a megalomaniac that's you know that's the only way he could think of to to get uh, the attention of superman instead of just yelling hey superman or help superman or whatever you know and i, I thought that was really uh, a really cool way to to start the story and uh, get the story going the other thing that i really liked was that he kind of tricked superman into into helping him because um well, he says you know you're superman you're not gonna let me die and uh he actually uh, uh, records their whole conversation between him, himself and Superman, and he broadcasts it uh, live all over the world, so the whole world will know that you know Superman is going to go and uh, save the you know a a, a supervillain like Lex Luthor, and he just you know you could see the the, the enjoyment on his face when he did that, where he, he was like you know now I have you. Um, well, then the story continues and. Uh, he takes Lex, Lex to the uh, uh, Fortress of Solitude, uh, where they go and uh, visit uh, Kandor. And uh, he has the Superman has the Kandorian scientists try to figure out what's wrong with uh, with Lex, and and they do figure out what's wrong with him, but they just can't can't cure him. Uh, and then after that, he, Superman is like, okay, we have one more. Uh, one more uh, solution to the problem that that's, well, it's not really a solution, but it's just going to going to give me time to to work on the solution, and that's uh, putting Lex into the uh, into the Phantom Zone. And uh, so so they they both go into the Phantom Zone. They get attacked by uh, General Zod, and, uh, and 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 you know it, it turns out that uh, even uh, the villains in the uh, in the Phantom Zone don't want Lex there, so they they push him out and they. Uh, they, they basically kick him out of the uh, out of the Phantom Zone, uh, leaving him uh, with his illness again, and uh, Superman no way, no, no, not any closer to to healing him or saving him. So uh, that's uh, pretty much the end of the of the story. And uh, you know, like I said, it, it, I thought it was just a, a cool way of of um, uh, of the book to to show us uh the lex that we that that we used that we used to know that you know it really shows his character and uh i like the connection between uh you know having lex and uh uh 
Clark share a a, a past in uh, in Smallville? You know, I I do. Um, I, I liked seeing like just how mentally strong Lex was when he was in the Phantom Zone, right? Like he was able to, um, you know, basically come to Superman's aid when Zod and all the other Kryptonians attacked him. Yeah. What I don't agree though, and I don't understand, if they are like they pushed him out of the Phantom Zone. And why without, can't they escape? Like the Phantom yeah. projector, like the Phantom Zone projector was left on, and mm-hmm. they said, "Nope, get out of here. We're throwing you out." They did it with their, I guess it explained it with like their combined rage and mental ability. So when you read it, like you're able to see that, hey, like if you're mentally strong enough that you can interact physically with the objects and things around you. And so in that, all these guys have been training under Zod to be mentally strong enough to where they could attack Superman. And so Lex came to his aid. And basically said, look, we're on the same side, Zod, but I need him right now, so you're not going to kill him. Yeah. But then for the fact that they are able to push him out, why wouldn't they just push Zod out? If I was Zod, I'd be like, hey, the shit you just did to him, do that to me real quick. <laughs> like, push me out, let me let me go do my thing, and I'll come back for you later. Like, I'm just like, man, like that, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, you're, you're, you've got a point there. And, you know, this is only issue one, so who knows what happens in issue two. But, uh, yeah, I guess you got a point there. Zod may like it there. Zod may like it there in that phantom zone. He's like, I'm comfy. Why would I leave now? <laughs> got my loafers on. Leave me alone. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we did forget to do one thing as we were going through these uh, first three books. Um, we wanted to start assigning grades to the books. Um, at least for the first issues, for sure. Uh, we may not do it each and every issue, but uh, just an idea of how we feel about the the books right now. And uh, rather, you know, uh, we're going to keep on reading them or not uh, is definitely part of it. But uh, we also want to assign a number grade between one and five uh, stars for the books. Uh, so real quick, let's just go back through these first three uh, hot girl number one, Boom Sam. What would you score that? Uh, solid three. Solid three from Boom Sam. All right, Burger. What about you? What do you give Hot Girl number one? I, I actually will give it a four. All right, a four from Burger, three from Boom Sam. Digi, how about uh, a grade for I'll Hot Girl? The difference and go three point five. <laughs> three point five for me. But we round up to four, so he agrees with me basically. Um, well, I am going to go uh, a very oh, hot guy, uh, probably being overly protective of characters he loves. I am going two and a half. All right. Moving on. The world's finest Teen Titans. Uh, boom. Why don't you hit us with your score first again? Uh, four. A four from Boom. What about you, Mr. Berger? Uh, actually, I'm going to go uh, three. So we're going to invert from last time. All right, Digidax, what about yourself? I'm going four. Got a four from Digi. Um, I am going to go with a three as well. Um, I just don't know that it did enough to excite me for the next issue. It's really kind of riding on me going, man, I really love Mark Wade's writing. So um, I'm definitely picking up number two, but... I don't think that anything that happened in that book is anything we haven't seen before in uh, any number of Teen Titans adaptations in the past. 
rather in the comics, TV shows, movies, whatever the case might be. Um, all right, the last days, the last days of Lex Luthor, Boomstam. I know you're at a five, right? Yeah, five. Yeah, definitely, definitely five. Burger, I know you're at a zero. <laughs> yeah, I'll do. You know, I'll I'll do. Oh, don't break my heart, Burger. Come on. I'll do a. I, I, I'm not going to go zero. Um, I'm debating between a one or a two. I'll, I'll say I'll do two. Ooh, Ooh that was that, that was spicy there, Burger. That was very spicy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Digi, where are you going to place this book at? Um, right. In, I'll stick this dagger right in his heart. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'll give it a negative seven. Five. I'm sorry, I missed that. What was that, uh, Digi? Two point five. Two point five, man. And no, you you can't round that up either. <laughs> we're right. rounding down in that case. Two point four nine. We're rounding down. Oh, oh boy. I I I am going to give it a three and a half. Um, I Thank thought you, it. Okay. I thought it was a solid issue. But it didn't leave me with anything where I'm just like, man, I can't wait to find out what happens next. Um, unfortunately, like there's kind of two ways I see this story going. Either one, Superman saves the day because Superman always saves the day. Or number two, Lex ends up dying, uh, but he teaches Superman a lesson in the process. Th th those are the two ways I see this story going. Um, maybe they surprise me. Maybe they don't. We'll see. Time will tell. Uh, but I, I definitely agree. Uh, the one thing I did want to point out, too, is it's Brian Hitch on art for that book. Um, and Brian Hitch is probably one of my favorite artists of all time. Uh, there's just something special anytime he decides to to do a book. So uh, for that alone, you know, it's worth the price of admission, in my opinion. All right, guys, we have one more major thing to talk about today. And then I also want to give you guys some time for some quick hits for any of the, the books that we're, we're cutting out um, just in the interest of uh, what we missed over the last three weeks. I want to give you guys a chance to talk about any books that you absolutely loved. But first, we have our final top five. And this final top five is a top five for Burger. And Burger, this is in the notes, so I'm not putting you on the spot. Hopefully you've had a little bit of time to uh, think it over. But we need your top five Superman villains of all time. Yeah, so you know when I when I looked at this, I tried to. I know traditionally people are like, oh, you know, Lex is number one, um, which I don't. I don't totally agree with that. Lex did make my list. Um, when I look at it, actually, I have fifth. Um, so not the top villain, but the fifth villain being Zod. Um, just because, I mean, you have somebody, you know, that, you know, has all of Superman's power, um, probably more fighting, you know, base training. Um, and so, you know, I think that, you know, having that, you know, them going against each other, you know, is always going to be, you know, a hard fought battle. Um, and so I, I pick Zod, um, I was really kind of torn between who to throw in third or fourth. And so these ones, I, I, I probably, I kind of look at them similar. I did have, um, it's, it's Lex and Miss, Mr. Mitchell Pitalik. Um, and, you know, again, like, I think if you just look at when I think of it, I'm like, who is like the most 
dangerous, like who could actually do the most harm. You know, obviously you go with Mr. Mistelpitalik, right? But, and you, I mean, you look at how he, you know, integrated, you know, Superman after New 52, whenever there was black suit Superman back and um, the New 52 version died and, you know, just how he was able to rewrite reality. Um, you know, all the times over the years he's, you know, done different things. I mean, just obviously insanely powerful, right? Um, and then you have Lex, who's probably the, the one written the most. Uh, of as like being Superman's, you know, arch nemesis, um, which I think is part of the reason why I kind of like in the new Superman books where they're actually kind of coming together and working together and leaning on each other and, you know, all that. And, and so, um, but I would say Lex and uh, Mitchell Pitalik being, you know, kind of third or fourth interchangeably. Um, second, I have to go with Doomsday. I mean, how he's the one that he actually killed Superman. Um, one of my all-time favorite uh, comic series. Um, you know, loved uh, obviously at whenever you know ten-year-old Burger did not love Superman dying, um, but he did um, like you know the reign of Superman after um, you know fun- funeral for a friend. Um, you know everything that kind of went into it. Um, but you know, just having that one being out of everybody that Superman has fought, um, being that one that was able to, to actually beat him and kill him. Um, so Doomsday's number two, the number one, you know, I thought about this a little bit when you first asked me, cause I, at first I had Doomsday as number one. Um, but actually another one of my favorite comics and uh, comic storylines was uh, worlds at war. Um, and, you know, we, t- we joked about Galactus earlier, right? He goes around and eats planets. Um, mm-hmm. But you guys remember who the bad was in Worlds of War? Imperius. Or Worlds of War. Yeah, Imperius. Yeah. And that guy, I mean, like, look, he's basically, if, if you took Galactus, shot him up with, um, you know, super soldier serum or whatever, and yeah, made him more powerful. I mean, this guy's just wiping out galaxies, right? And so... Um, you know, in that you have, you know, his, his probes, which are basically mini versions of him, kind of like, you know, Silver Surfer, you know, going out there, um, the heralds that are going out there and, you know, they're giving like Superman a run for his money, just, and he thinks that's who it is. Turns out it's not. Uh, but then you have this bad guy that is so powerful, like Superman, you see him teaming up, saving, uh, dark side. They have Doomsday in there who gets vaporized. You know, he ends up teaming up with Brainiac. I was going to say, he got Um, one-shotted, yeah. Yeah, and so you have, like, all of these, like, like, it gets to the point where this guy is so bad and such a a big bad that he, Superman's teaming up with his arch, like, villains all over the place. Lex Luthor's in there. He's President Luthor at the time, so he's rallying the world's heroes. I think Wonder Woman got killed right. Like, I mean, it was just so, so crazy. And like, honestly, like when I was thinking about it, cause I haven't really thought about this in a while cause you can't even buy, I was like, I'm going to go back and I want to buy these for Kindle cause that's where I read everything. And so I, I, you can't even get them on Kindle. Um, and so, so I had to go and I started trying to dig through the old comics that I do have, um, trying to find it. I found one of the books so far but I want to go back and like reread it. But then I started thinking like they, I think they did have him at one point. Um, 
in the future in the Legion, right? Where Imperiax kind of showed back up. Um, but like if they brought him back now, like that could be like an even bigger bad than, you know, anti-monitor and, you know, all that other stuff. But, um, but yeah, so I, I had, that's who I had as number one. Oh, wow. Very good list. Um, w- was not expecting an Imperiax appearance, uh, ever again in any DC comics conversation, let alone, uh, top five, uh, Superman. I guys. mean, <laughs> I, I interest. Um, because I wrote down, like after you gave your first three in our in our document here, I wrote down what I thought was going to be your one and two. I was 50-50. Um, I don't know how you made a top five Superman villains and you didn't include Brainiac. That's that's a little bit wild, Jimmy Berger. I, I got to say. That, that, I mean, oh, obviously he is a good one. one. Yeah. Because, I mean, depending on the backstory that you look at, there's been times where Brainiac's been responsible for the destruction of Krypton. Yeah. Which that's, that is a big, big part of Superman's uh, mythology. So to leave him off of a top five list, I don't know, man. I don't know. All he's trying to do is bottle shit up though. Like that's it. (laughs) And (laughs) um, yeah, I don't, yeah, I'm not, uh, yeah, we can get that versus (laughs) Coca-Cola. Oh gosh. Oh, that was, that was pretty good. That's pretty good. I got to give that to you. Just trying to bottle shit up. But no, I, I mean, not putting Lex number one is also a bold move. Um, I, I, I appreciate you not bowing to convention here. So uh, good list. Solid list. Um, hey, my mom always told me I was special. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there it is. All right, guys. Did you have you tested? <laughs> it was too expensive back then. So. <laughs> they just strapped a helmet onto him anyway. <laughs> uh, so the last big thing we're going to hit here, we're not going to put scores on this yet because it's ongoing. Um, and I don't want to talk about each in, in individual issue because that could take us quite a while because this is a line-wide event. Uh, it is Night Terrors. Uh, what I want to do here today, guys, is... Uh, there's only tw- there's only 27 there's only 27 <laughs> issues of it. Uh, I I just want to talk about the event in broad terms, uh, what overall is happening, and uh, also go into uh, what moments from the tie-ins you guys have really loved. I I personally decided to skip the tie-ins for this event, um, but I know uh, Boom Sam and Burger have definitely been reading them. Uh, Digi, I don't know about yourself. Uh, but feel free to touch on those guys. I, I'm going to bow out of this portion of the conversation uh, and let you guys take over Night Terrors. So, Digi, you want to you want to kick us off on storyline and your thoughts? Yeah. Um, so it starts on uh, Dead Man, and he's saying, you know, he's kind of given his backstory that he didn't, you know, perform every night at the circus for cheers or applause. He did it for the gasps. So he would pretend to die at the end of the, you know, the performance and the crowd would go wild. He was like, I had to make it more believable each time, you know, I had to buy into it, but I was dead. And then he, you know, he says that the the biggest shock that I ever got that gave me the jolt was when somebody actually did come in and murder him. So uh, that kind of starts it off and uh, you see Insomnia was actually created by the Lazarus Reign. So he's the 
big bad of this series. He's the one that's uh, covering the blanketing the earth with his uh, nightmare. And his whole thing is he's trying to get a hold of the nightmare stone because it's very powerful. And he knows that John D had hit it. So apparently he killed Dr. Destiny to uh, get a hold of the nightmare stone, but he never did. So dead man uh, possesses him, possesses Batman to, you know, get the information of what this guy, you know, find out what he's, you know, how powerful he is. He find you know, and he's like, I'm a God. And he's like, no, nah, you're just a dude. So uh, dead man does realize that portion of it, that this guy's not a God. Uh, at the end of issue one, he does go and resurrect Wesley Dodds because uh, he can help with it. So he resurrects him and then he's, you know, he's the neo-noir uh, detective from the Justice Society. And he uses, um, you know, they both team up together to track insomnia down. They uh, know that they're basically just looking for clues for the nightmare stone. Yeah. So, you know, I, so I think it's, and, and I, I guess obviously we'll end up seeing more of the story as we go. Cause I think with every episode, every issue, we're getting a little bit more kind of into what the nightmare stone is. Right. And, and everything, but you know, Dr. Destiny, you know, has been, you know, written a couple different ways, right. Over the years. And, you know, he's, generally considered a pretty powerful, um, villain. Um, you know, he had the dream stone, which allowed him to kind of enter people's dreams, kind of change reality around things. Um, you know, he was able to take on the entire justice league at different times. Um, you know, he had gotten his first start, you know, kind of as like a, I think it was like a green lantern villain. Um, it kind of pretended to be green lantern for a little bit. Um, and then, you know, it was eventually stopped. And then, you know, as he became like this, uh, kind of it started to change and ended up getting the Dreamstone uh, from somebody in the dream world. I forgot who it was. I think it was something dream, more like Dream or something. Um, who was it? Morpheus. Yeah, there you go. And so he ended up, you know, basically, um, you know, becoming more and more powerful. But, you know, with this, I don't think it was actually the real the the real guy the real john d that died i think it was the dream versions of him and and actually i and, and the way that i'm reading it so far is that like he like insomnia isn't really the one like he's bringing some stuff to life right and he's like the main one digging through people's dreams but i think it's actually yeah you know, john d's that's somehow doing this and has his powers somehow have been able to expand and you know we're and i so i i think there's like more to like this that's kind of what's going on um but you know basically insomnia is like probing through everybody's minds trying to find the nightmare stone and it and it spoiler alert it does kind of go into how the nightmare stone was kind of formed but even then it says the whole ritual didn't happen so it faded away and so it wasn't able to get to be as powerful as it was but then the person that died 
making the nightmare stone and i think it was it was an issue two mm-hmm. um looked a lot like insomnia who was also written as being affected by the lazarus rain but then is saying that he's trying to get out of the nightmare zone in here when he was originally written as a person, but that he's been locked in the nightmare zone for a long time. And so it's kind of conflicting a little bit, like one, like whose powers are really doing all this? Like, is he just kind of like a parasite latched on to John D's power or is it, is it his own? Is he a human or is he, like doing some of these other things because then again, then it starts showing, you know, again, like you brought up, you know, you have, um, who was like the guy they brought back to life, Sandman. Yeah. Yeah. So they brought him back to life. Um, and so it has visions of him and his past, uh, that's there. And so that means that, you know, he's been around for a while and so I don't know. I, I don't know if this could be like just a part of, John D's, uh, you know, um, like a different part of his personality is kind of manifesting itself. I, I feel like there's going to be some sort of like big spoiler like this. that's kind of popping up, but I don't know what it is yet. Um, but, but overall I do like it. I think it has some really funny issues. Um, like where Joker ends up working in an office building. Um, and, and but I do think that, that it's really, it's kind of powerful because it shows that without Batman, Joker's just like, like what why do i have reason to go on and you know then you know he's getting frustrated that there's imitations of batman which i'm assuming are like dick grayson or other people you know like contingency of like you know popping back up right but you know he never even wants to know who is underneath the mask he just takes the body home throws it in his closet every night goes home and talks to it uh ends up working his way up through wayne industries um and you know all that kind of stuff but so I think there's there's episode there's things like that. There's some things that show like just how t- close some of these bonds are, where you have like the Robins like coming together and theirs, and you know trying to make it to one another. Um, then you have s- some of the people that are staying alive and actually fighting like the real night terrors um, that you know are cre- are manifestations of insomnia that are out there trying to hunt the living and trying to get, you know, kind of control what's going on in the living world. You have Santana and, you know, all of them fighting them. Um, so I think there's a lot of things in this that you can look at it and you see it being fought in different realities, like some of the heroes and, and even villains, like worst fears <clears throat> happening and how they're overcoming it. Um, and so I, so I really thought that was kind of cool. I liked the, um, whatchamacallit, um, smaller Robin, how can I not remember Damian Wayne's <laughs> kind of tie in how he's, he's still awake and, you know, fighting. Um, and so I, so I liked a lot of, uh, I, I really actually, I, I'm enjoying this a lot more than I thought I would, um, before, but anyway, so I know boom Sam probably has a lot more to talk about than me. I think he's actually the only one of us that's read all of them. I, I haven't read like poison Ivy yet and stuff, but, but boom Sam, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Um, you know, at, you know, before Nightmare started, I, uh, I, we, we also, you know, we, we talked about it before it started, and I know Hawkeye wasn't that excited about it, and you know, still isn't, and you know, that kind of got me like, you know, we just had uh, a major event, and then uh, pretty, 
pretty soon after that we're gonna have this event you know the night terrors event so you know all that 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 talk didn't really get me excited about the event but uh so i didn't think that, that i would you know like it as much as i i do now that i'm reading it um i really do like it uh, a lot i like the uh the complexities and I, i'm really wondering where it is going it's it's you know, not all the times are are uh, good all the time, but you know, most of them I, I do I do enjoy. You know, just like the one you said with the Joker. I mean, I thought it was just you know really funny. You know, the way Batman died. You know, he just you know slipped and fell in the rain off a rooftop, and bam, he's dead. Uh, that was really funny. Uh, I also really like the uh, uh, the Poison Ivy uh, and and Harley uh, uh, tie-in that they had. Uh, you know, and some sometimes they they contribute to the main story a little bit more than the uh, than than others. You know, others are, are just like you know a short window into the nightmare of a certain character, which is you know it's 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 fun and it's it's it's, it's nice. But I, I get where you know uh, you can just uh, skip it more 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 easily. Uh, the one that I really liked was uh, the Zetana tie-in with the Justice League Dark. Where uh, they they the Satana is also awake by the way, and uh, they are fighting the uh, the night terrors and they they are running through a maze to get uh, the, the the sleeping uh, bodies of 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 uh, of, uh, of her teammates. Uh, that is uh, Wonder Woman and uh, uh, who else? Uh, well, it doesn't really matter. The the, the teammates from Just Sleep Dark they're still asleep and they have to you know, she has to get them to a uh, to a panic room. A, like a magical panic room and they have to go through a maze and and have all sorts of uh dangerous stuff that they have to go through and you know then she summons a uh yeah yeah yeah. The, the, the gym. yeah thanks and uh then she summons uh like a uh an ally to to her side and bam all of a sudden we get a robot man from the from the doom control that uh that that comes to her aid and you know it, it's a it's a team up you don't really expect to work but it, it you know it really does work in this book um the robins you you, you said uh, oh, and you, she you, has to fight her dad too yeah zatara yeah yeah her dad that exactly and then they switch teams so they can you know fight them more uh more easily uh i liked where uh John Constantine used this flaming sword that he has to just light his cigarettes. You know, that was kind of funny. Um, I like the Robins and also the Nightwing book. The only thing that was a little bit, uh, well, it was a little bit creepy, but also a little bit weird was, you know, the, the, the punchline book where, um, you, you get the idea of that, that she was awake, but then when, you know, when she, when she kills, uh, Batgirl or, you know, Barbara, uh, Barbara Gordon, Batgirl, you, you know, that's, that it's a dream, but, Somehow Barbara uh, comes back at, like a uh, uh, cyborg or robot version of herself, a, a dead robot version of herself, and she's also somehow in the nightmare of of, of Nightwing. So I think that's going to be like a uh, main theme or something from from the from the Bad Book. Uh, so yeah, I, uh, I I I'm I'm enjoying the the whole story as a whole. You know, the main story and the tie-ins a lot more than than I thought I would at the start so i'm uh i'm happy about that all right so that sounds like night terrors has been uh better than anticipated um 
I, I think that you guys definitely hit on some interesting stuff that they're doing in some of the tie-ins. Uh, Robot Man and Satana sounds like a uh, awesome little team up. Um, just in the interest of time, guys, because we have been here for quite some time now, I, I, I want to give everybody the opportunity uh, to go over any books that we've read in the last three weeks that uh, we didn't cover here that uh, you may absolutely love and just want to have a a chance to talk to talk about them. Uh, do you guys have anything that you wanted to discuss? Yeah, maybe what we all do is just say our you know, our favorite one that we didn't talk about. Yeah, it works. That works. Everybody. So, boom. You want to you want to go first? Do I really have to pick only one? Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, dang it. <laughs> Uh, actually, Gawings, actually, Gawings, uh, 1056. Uh, it was uh, an epic battle between Cyborg Superman and uh, and the whole super family. So, you know, I got to pick that one. That is a solid pick for me. I, I personally, I, I'm gonna go with Doom Patrol. Uh, I, I've really enjoyed this entire run, uh, just getting to see all of these uh, unique characters and uh, having the Doom Patrol. Uh, really explained the psyche of all of the team members in this issue with uh, Jerry was a lot of fun. I, I, I think that um, they're doing a really good job of explaining these characters that not everybody's going to be familiar with, or they may have, you know, passing familiarity with, with the Doom Patrol, either from the TV show or uh, past comic runs that, you know, maybe they, they, they tried out, said, this isn't for me. I think that this is probably one of the Doom Patrol's runs that's been the most, uh, I, I, I would say, commercial-friendly, even though it's been really weird. Um, it hasn't been as weird as some of the stuff you've seen in Doom Patrol uh, before. So uh, I, I really enjoyed the book, and I, uh, I I hope that it gets a continuation past the initial uh, six issues here that were ordered. What about you, Digi? What what book did uh, you want to go over? Uh, I'm going to leave... Uh... John Kent for Burger because I figured he was going to cover that one. <laughs> I would have to say you actually know me really well. Was, was uh, yeah, <laughs> I was going to say uh, the Green Arrow three. It shows you know where Ollie is. They're transported to the time of the Legion of Superheroes, and he reunites with Connor. And they actually explain why he didn't remember him because of you know getting rid of out of existence. And, you know, you get to see a fun squabble between Arsenal and Peacemaker, and they actually have an accuracy test, which Arsenal wins, and uh, Peacemaker stands down so that they could take on Vertigo. And then at the very end, you see the reveal why Ollie had been so weird when they could have just t- transported home. He sees an older version of himself, like, you know, giving himself a message saying that, uh, the great disaster is going to happen unless you stay apart from your family, unless you, you know, unless you don't separate the family, the great disaster will happen. So it was a nice cliffhanger and a reason to pick up issue four. Um, was it issue three or was, has issue four already came out that uh, there was a, a big final page this reveal? Is issue three. Um, cause I, I want to say issue three is the one where they show, um, a, uh, certain someone coming back for the first time in comics in quite some time, uh, that kind of emphasizes yeah, that warning of Ollie. Yeah. Oh, is four out? They didn't give it to no, me. No, four, four, four isn't, isn't out yet. No, you just it's skipped three. over the fact that Parallax Hal shows up at the end of 
Yeah. Number three. That's why I was. Yes, I forgot. Yeah, at the very. You, you, you forgot Parallax coming back as Hal? That, that, that's quite a thing to forget, sir. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> that's like forgetting Thanos on a list Those of top two. five uh, Marvel characters you, you hate the least. I know, right? Yeah. So, and then, you know, crazy. Parallax Hal, but he, at the very end, he says, don't shoot. Yeah. You know, so it's crazy because I was actually I was either gonna do John Kent or Green Arrow. Um, I would have preferred to do John Kent. So again, you nailed it. Um, and again, like you know, I know everybody's heard me say it. You know, the Injustice comics. It's one of my favorite storylines out there. And you know, the, the I think one of the things that I like most about these comics uh, with John Kent in them is one like it inserts it at a different point in that timeline. So now it's kind of like it's rewriting what really happened. And so I think that's cool. So there is different possibilities of what could have happened in this. Um, and so, you know, in this in this last issue, you know, the prior one, right? Like we saw, you know, at the end, um, Damien kind of bugs um, John Kent. John Kent ends up, you know, leading him to the first place that he went to. Um, you know, his, you know, his, uh, boyfriend, you know, from the main universe, but he, he exists in the injustice universe as well. So, you know, that led to, you know, some probably interrogation from Damien knowing him. Right. And then, uh, knowing how he usually approaches situations probably was not very, um, a very good situation to be in. Um, uh, but then it, it, in this last issue, you know, he's meeting with, you know, Batman, and Harley and Catwoman and, you know, they're in one of their hideouts and, you know, obviously the regime can't find them, but now they're able to because of, you know, John being bugged. So, you know, Superman in this says, don't do anything. Um, you know, wait till John leaves, then we're going to move. They get there. And, you know, if you read Injustice, you know that, you know, they have these pills that kind of mimic, uh, or make them, you know, not not just, I know, superheroes in name, but actual super superheroes where they have powers and all of those great things. And so it, it kind of puts them on par and able to have Batman fight Superman for a short period of time, like fist to fist. And um, But they're able to sneak up on them and actually able to go in there and capture them. And then it's like, hey, you know, essentially, you know, Wonder Woman and, you know, Yellow Lantern, Hal Jordan, um, you know, Cyborg, like all these guys show up, capture them. And they're um, at the end, Superman, you know, the dictator Superman's like they were going to we're going to kill them you know, publicly. Like they're, these guys are going to be executed. And and so it'll be and then, you know, John, it kind of goes where he's, you know, in the Fortress of Solitude. He's interacting with Mom Pa Kent which I'm sure is, was a, a big thing for him, right? Because he didn't really get to interact with them a lot in the main universe. And, but then it, you know, it has like a moment of, you know, his, of Lois talking to him, um, you know, him having the crystals is able to put there and have her kind of saying, hey, I can't imagine what you're going through. You know, hopefully, you know, you're able to go out there and make a difference and all that stuff. Um and and so, anyways, I I love the direction this is going. 
Um, if you haven't read Injustice and you're listening, I encourage you to do it. I've never played the game, but I absolutely love uh, the storyline. Um, I, I, and I, but again, I do think one positive part of this is that since it's catching it in a different part of the timeline and it's doing a good job of showing flashbacks of how they got to where they are, um, that it actually, you actually, you could start reading John Kent and kind of get the gist of what's going on. Um, and so, so really big fan of, of what they're doing in the John Kent series right now. One thing I, I really liked about this issue is, uh, John meeting Harley and Harley just kind of apologizing for, you know, killing him in that universe. And John's just like, are you coming to me for absolution? Yeah, just, just for fun. Yes. I'm, I'm not going to forgive you for killing an alternate universe of myself. Yeah, but just do better. Yeah, that was cool. I just wanted to do a shameless plug for the uh, blog that I'm writing nowadays for DCL Oracle. So if you guys wanted to, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Learn, learn about DC characters from the game, uh, you know, we uh, learn more about their backstory. There are a few writers, myself included, and uh, we we try to write stories about uh, characters from uh, from DC Legends, try to get more like a, a comic book background for the characters that uh, we all love to read about and play with. So uh, yeah, go check of, it out if you like. It's like a readable version of the Burger Shack, guys. <laughs> yeah um but speaking of which uh burger it's been a while it has yeah you know i you know i think a lot of it you know hate out there you know taking the world by storm um vacationing um it has his has his new lady friend um and so yeah we definitely uh need to all try to come together and and do this last month i just did it on my own um but it's not as much fun just having me sit in a sit in my office talking to myself um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. I think we all do need to try to jump in and this month might be a good one, right? We have super doom and, um, you know, so finally just having Ted Cord. One so. tune, the one tune that makes me happy. Yeah. Just invite me if you're ever alone uh, for a recording burger. Um, I'm happy to join uh, you for a session. Perfect. Obviously guys, you know, as always, we love doing this. Uh, we love interacting with you guys just as much. So if you're listening and you want to jump on the show, um, if you want to be a part, you want to share, ask us questions, you know, we for sure will answer them on the show. Um, so maybe we can start having like a mailbox thing going on, but you know, just shoot over, um, you know, find us on discord, um, you know, shoot over questions you have and we'll for sure answer those on the show as well. Do a little mailbox, but, um, you know, thank you for listening to, you know, the things that we've grown up loving that, you know, the, the characters, the storylines, um, and, and all of those things that, you know, probably define most of our childhoods and obviously continues to define us in adulthood. Um, but thanks for everything. Thanks for listening. And, and uh, we can't thank you guys enough for coming, stopping by and hanging out with us.